Hello, this is Jim Walsh, and welcome to my podcast called On Eagle's Wings. One of the problems we have in being human beings is that we have such limited control in dealing with our life and the events of our life. As the year comes to its conclusion, we often find at this time of year that we deal with all sorts of minor health issues, head colds, sniffles, the flu, sore throats, things of that nature. And try as we might, we might be able to mitigate these things and instead of it being a week-long event, we might be able to take some form of medicine that can shorten it to three or four days, but we can't avoid it altogether. Life has a way of placing challenges before us that make us aware of the fact that we are limited in what we can do, what we can understand. The fact of the matter is we cannot foresee the future nor how events will unfold. I'm reminded of a passage in Romans chapter 8 in verse 28, reading from the King James Version. It says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. This is not saying that everything in life will be good. Neither is it saying that everything in life from our perception will unfold to be good. It does tell us for those who are the called, for those who have responded to God's invitation of fellowship, that everything will work out according to his purpose. All things will work out for good. Our God can make everything work out, for he is the God who can raise the dead to bring to life again those who have died, who can make any situation work to his purpose. Paul understood this blessing of God, that he could make all things work out. In his second epistle to the Corinthians, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul mentions the difficulty that he had to deal with. It says, beginning in verse 7 of 2 Corinthians 12, And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Paul here is teaching us that I can believe God 
and I can believe that he can work a good outcome even when it's not what I desire. Paul wanted relief, and God's answer was no. And Paul prayed fervently three times, and each time God said no. God said, my desire for you, Paul, is to learn how to deal with this uncomfortable situation. And so Paul said, I'm going to do that. But even more, Paul teaches us that this belief in God and what God can do should change my attitude and change my outlook. Instead of being grumpy and disappointed and complaining about how faithful an apostle he had been and all the wonderful things he had had done for the cause of Christ, Paul's response in verse 10 was, Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities. His attitude changed. His outcome changed. And we can see the same concept from the epistle that James wrote. He agrees that in some respects suffering can actually make us better. James chapter 1, beginning in verse 2, again reading from the King James Version. He said, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Then in verse 12, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. I don't know that there's anyone who would get up in the morning and say, you know what I'd like today? I'd like for my faith to be tried to the point that I fear I'm going to fail. I'd like for there to be a temptation placed before me that would be almost impossible for me to refuse. I would like for me to be taken way out of my comfort zone and left in a position where I feel incapable of doing what needs to be done. But James said, not only is God convicted that we can overcome those challenges, but that in many ways God allows those challenges to befall us because they make us stronger, they make us better, they make us more able to do God's will. They demonstrate in our life that when challenges come, yes, every once in a while we do fail, but we don't stay down. We get up and we try again because we know that it is God that worketh in us to do his good will. And as God has promised, as his called, we can see the good in his purpose, and we can work towards accomplishing what he wants us to accomplish. What are some thoughts then or examples we can consider to maybe better bring this idea into focus that sometimes suffering or even facing life's challenges can really be good for us? Well, here's just some thoughts in dealing with God's word and the people of God. Back 
during the time of the divided kingdom, when southern kingdom Judah was sent into Babylonian captivity. Have you ever thought of the fact that God did that to save them? As the land around them and nations around them were being destroyed, God determined that the Babylonians would take the remnant of Judah into the jaws of their mighty empire and carry them away. But in so doing, to protect them, return them unto his land. In the first century, when the religious leaders of Jesus' day persuaded Pilate to crucify Jesus, the Heavenly Father had known and foretold of this event. So Jesus knew beforehand that he would not remain in the grave and that he would be resurrected. And this is because our God can turn every perceived defeat into glorious victory. We cannot see the future, but we are promised that it unfolds exactly as God has purposed. Every event will not work out to be as we desire, but it will unfold so as to fulfill God's purpose. And sometimes that purpose is captivity. And sometimes then in being a child of God, it means we will suffer. And that in being his children, in fighting against the evil one, it means we're going to face disappointment or even loss. But all these can work for good in the life of a disciple, in the life of a child of God, if we will trust him and his ways. What are some positive things then that we can see in thinking about others that he relates in his word, dealt with suffering, persecution, and problems? Well, I'd like to mention just a couple. First, without the captivity, we would not know the wonderful and inspiring stories of people like Esther and Mordecai, or Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or Nehemiah and Ezra, all these servants of God who through patience and long-suffering were brought forth to demonstrate fidelity to God, strength in overcoming trust in his ways. But beyond that, we would not hear the voice of a mournful and grieving God speaking through his prophets like Isaiah, Jeremiah, or Ezekiel, allowing them and us to know how great his love for us is and how sad his disappointment was. And yet still he would call a rebellious people to repentance and fellowship with him. Without the crucifixion of Jesus Christ and his death upon the cross, we would not know the glory of the resurrection and the awesome power of a loving God. Over and over again, God reveals in his word that 
he allows these problems of life to afflict us to make us better. The silver must be purged of its dross to be refined and pure for the master's use. The seed must be planted in the ground and die for the flower to bloom forth. And in the New Testament, we learn the old man of sin must die before the new man in Christ can live. So as Paul reminded the saints in Rome, those who are his people, those who will trust in his ways and follow his will, have his guarantee that the end result will be more glorious than the beginning. Our life here may include persecution, and suffering. And from our standpoint, it may even end in disaster. But God promises it will be resurrected in triumph. Our God promises that death is simply a transition for his people that will bring us to the doorstep of eternal life. We're reminded then of Peter's admonition in 1 Peter chapter 4 and in verse 14, where Peter said, If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happier ye, for the Spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part he is spoken evil of, but on your part he is glorified. I think that is the goal of every child of God, in every age to serve our God and today our goal is to serve our God through his son Jesus Christ we accept his blessings as well as his challenges knowing that everything he provides is designed by him to both fulfill his purpose and draw us into a closer fellowship with him now and for all eternity. Yes, our God can make all things work out for good according to his purpose. Once again, this is Jim Walsh. Thank you so very much for listening to my podcast on Eagle's Wings. I do hope that you have a wonderful day.